there. We are talking about something that affects so many people, but that nobody wants to talk about. Pornography. Speaking to individuals trying to stop looking at porn, and to spouses looking for support. This is Danny and Lindsay Pullman, a married couple who have been through this together. We're sharing a mix of our personal experiences, our experience as certified life coaches, and other empowering ideas. We hope this can help you on your journey. Enjoy! Hello, everyone. I am so happy to be here today talking to you about a subject that's very near and dear to my heart, not because I've experienced it personally in my marriage, but because, you know, I see a lot of women experiencing emotional abuse in their marriage in my coaching programs. Um, and Danny sees it too. And so we thought, you know, let's talk about this so people can start, you know, understanding what emotional abuse is and asking like, is this something in my marriage that I need to be concerned about? So the goal is just to kind of ask questions for yourself, come to this, listen to this podcast with like compassionate curiosity and be willing to check in with yourself as you ask yourself questions to see what feels true or not. Okay. So just know that like each marriage is its own unique container with unique experiences And on top of that, like each of us individually bring into our own marriages, our own learned belief systems. And sometimes those get reinforced in marriage. And then sometimes new belief systems are generated in marriages based on past experiences. So, you know, this is all, it's can just be helpful to see that like every marriage is so unique because what that means is like you are the expert of your marriage. So you get to decide what is happening in your marriage, what makes sense in your marriage, what doesn't make sense in your marriage and be willing to just like be your own guide in determining what you want, you know, as you work through whatever it is that you're working through. But, you know, even if you're like listening and you're like, I don't know, like maybe like emotional abuse, this doesn't really matter to me. It's not important. I think it can be helpful to just kind of ask, you know, like maybe it could be helpful for me and just having some understanding for friends of mine or things like that. And, you know, or I think for some of us, we may not have that in our marriage, but we may have difficult relationships. And so you can kind of think about difficult relationships that you may have with, you know, family members, friends, bosses, or, you know, like certain organizations or things like that. And just be willing to kind of ask yourself some of these questions. All right. So let's dive in. The first thing I want to distinguish for you guys is this difference between abusive behavior and abusive attitudes. And I got this information from this idea from a podcast I listened to forever ago, and I wish I could remember the names of both the people on it, but I love the information that they shared. But they talk about behavior being the thing that we do or say, and the attitude being the belief system behind the things that we do. So I'm going to touch a little bit more on this later, but just in my opinion, the behavior always trumps the intentions of the person who, you know, whatever incident is happening or the person that if there is someone who is behaving in a way that could be considered emotional abuse, you know, like it's what really matters at the end of the day is that for abuse victims is to recognize that we are, you are on the receiving end of abusive behavior. And so the intentions while helpful to understand And even if you want, have compassion for it, it doesn't change that like you get to, you are on the receiving end of something that you can decide if you want or don't want in your life. And you can set appropriate boundaries and be willing to like put a stake 
in the ground for what you want based on the behavior that you're willing to put up with. Okay. So an example of like behavior might be, you know, let's say there's like a husband and a wife arguing about money and, and he happens to say something like, you know, well, I earned this money. So I have the final say and you're not going to buy that thing. Okay. So here's the thing, like the words that he says, like that's the behavior. Okay. Some people might define like a pattern of this, like this pattern over time as economic abuse or like a form of emotional abuse. And also, I think it could be helpful to ask, like, where is it coming from? And is there any accountability? Let's say the husband were to become aware that he was exercising some economic abuse in his marriage. Is there going to be any accountability there? Okay. So I think the question is, is like a good question to ask is what's behind the behavior? Like if we ask the husband, like, why did you say that? He could say something like, I, I'm just really scared that we're going to run out of money and we're going to go bankrupt and be in a cardboard box by the end of the week if she spends that money. Okay. So there's, we're getting an idea for like the attitude behind the behavior. Here's a man trying to provide for a family and he's just afraid of that. Okay. He could also say something like, I earn this money. It's mine. I get to decide what to do with it because blah, blah, blah. Right. And so there's more of an attitude of like entitlement. And so it can be helpful to have that understanding that there's like what's behind the behavior. I think that can be helpful. But again, that I believe that behavior trumps like the the attitude behind it every time. Okay. So what constitutes abusive? All right. I'm going to read you a definition and then I'm going to give you like one sentence to help you kind of see kind of have like the umbrella over the different types of, of emotional abuse that I'm going to mention. But what it is, is a way to control another person by using emotions to criticize, embarrass, shame, blame, or otherwise manipulate another person. In general, a relationship is emotionally abusive where there is a consistent pattern of abusive words and bullying behaviors that wear down a person's self-esteem and undermine their mental health. Okay. So I think it can be helpful to see that. And then another way that I would look at that is like, you know, consistently devaluing or discounting one's human experience. Okay. So some examples of this might be, um, there's so many different examples, but like unrealistic expectations, invalidation, creating chaos, acting superior, being controlling and isolating, accusing, blaming, denial, intimidation, physical intimidation, emotional neglect, and isolation. Okay. So here's some examples of different things. And here's the thing, like, if this is like one-off stuff, probably not a lot to worry about. And again, like it can be helpful to see what the attitude is behind it. Right. So sarcasm over time could actually be considered emotionally abusive. And some of you might be like, whoa, 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 that's like a little extreme. But what I want to just offer is that is that there's like what's behind sarcasm. Some people use sarcasm just when they're nervous, right? And so is it like, is it because they're nervous and they want to change the subject or they're anxious? Or is it a dig in disguise? And when you object, they claim to have been teasing and tell you to stop taking things so seriously, right? Another example, dismissiveness, you may tell someone about something that's really important to you and they just say nothing, right? 
body language, eye rolling, smirking, head shaking, and sighing to help convey that same message. And to be totally frank, you guys, like, <laughs> like w- with a lot of this stuff, like I could be like, oh crap, like I've done that before. I've done that before. So the goal isn't, we're not like trying to be perfect. Like we're not perfectionists in the world aware. Like if you've done it once that equals emotional abuse, it's more again, consistent devaluing or discounting someone's experience over time. Okay. So yes, I have done the eye rolls. Yes. I have sighed to convey some sort of message. Right. So, but I also want to just have compassion for myself because I know that like my attitude behind that is totally different than something else. And also it's not consistent in the sense that anytime my husband's sharing something with me, he gets the eye roll because he's showing emotion, right? Using, so here's another example, using guilt, you know, someone might say something like, you know, you owe me this, look at all I've done for you and attempt to get your way. Trivializing when you want to talk about your hurt feelings and they accuse you of overreacting and making mountains out of molehills. Um, Another one saying you have no sense of humor. Abusers might make personal jokes about you. If you object, they tell you to lighten up. Like how confusing would that be, right? Blaming you for their problems. Whatever is wrong in their life is all your fault. You're not supportive enough. You didn't do enough. Or, you know, you stuck your nose where it didn't belong. Um, Another one, like I said, emotional neglect, isolation, shutting down communication. They ignore your attempts at conversation in person by text or by phone. Okay. Dehumanizing you. Look away when you talk when you're talking or they stare at something else when they speak to you, tuning you out, interrupting, indifference, you know, they might see you hurt or crying and do nothing. And again, like you want to, we want to like be really come to this conversation or come to this, you know, if this is you and you're questioning this in your marriage with lots of curiosity, right? Because I know like when I was going through some of my stuff, there were times where I was crying and I could totally say, wow, I'm crying over here and my husband is doing nothing. But again, like he wasn't doing nothing from a space of indifference, right? Like he may not have had the emotional capacity to handle me (laughs) and the emotions that I was feeling at the time. And so just because that happened here and there doesn't mean that there was, in my opinion, for my marriage, doesn't mean that that was actually happening. Okay. So let's say that Another thing I want to make really clear too is like, let's say that you are listening and you're like, wow, yeah, this is me. I want you to know, or this is me on the receiving end, or this is me on the giving end. A man is not what he says. A woman is not what she says. Okay. So just because we may exhibit abusive behavior doesn't mean we need to like identify as like a bad guy. Like how much is it serving us to identify in that way? And again, if you're on the receiving end of it, do you want to focus on it? Just depend. You've got to just decide how it helps you to think about it for some, sometimes like you may need to just say like, this is abusive or refer to language as abusive or to the perpetrator or as an abuser. If that's how you need to think about it to facilitate your healing I'm all for it. Right. And then sometimes it may be you just diagnosing the behavior. This is abusive behavior. This is not what I like. And so just know there's no right or wrong way to do it. But I really do like to think that, 
you know, just because someone exhibits certain behavior doesn't mean they are identifying like that, right? Like when, before I found coaching and I found out about my husband's porn use, I remember thinking, well, I'm a porn addict's wife, right? Because I thought coping with porn equal an addiction. I didn't know the difference. And so here's my, you know, husband, he's identifying as a porn addict and, you know, just doing all that. And I'm over here, like identifying as a porn addict's wife and then compounding my own pain based on like putting pigeon, pigeonholing myself into these identities. Okay. So just something to kind of keep in mind um, and just kind of ask yourself, like, how does it work best for me? Okay. And if you decide that this is something, you know, happening in your marriage, you may just want to have a conversation with your spouse. And if you're going to do that, decide, you know, how that you want that to work with you. For some people, like if you know ahead of time that like your spouse is really hard to reason with, maybe using the word abuse isn't the answer, but you could use specific terminology, devaluing, discounting, you know, gaslighting, accusing. You can try that. Or we can just set really proper firm boundaries with very specific behavior. I don't like when you tell me that you are the last say when it comes to earning money. So you can decide in your marriage how you'd want to approach that. And again, with my clients, we always go a lot deeper to like get really, really clear on what we want because what we want matters. Okay. Just as much as what our spouses want, what we want matters too. Okay. Let's see. The next thing I wanted to just briefly talk about is like the patterns behind the behaviors, right? So that kind of goes along with the attitudes. What's behind the behavior? Is he acting out of control, disrespect, fear, shame, needing to numb out? Is he acting out of superiority, entitlement, love, respect, accountability, fear, shame, reactive, lack of ownership? So just kind of pay attention, like what, where is, what is behind this, right? Like he's saying words that being he or she saying words that can be classified a certain way. And over, like I said, over a long, prolonged, repetitive period of time can be considered emotionally abusive and destructive. And again, even this is subjective. But it's still good to bring this up, especially those specific things I mentioned, like types of things, so that you can recognize like, oh, this is why I hate it when he blank, right? So why do you want to know this? Why is this so important? We want to know this and recognize what abusive behavior is. First of all, to validate ourselves when our spouses say things that have just always bothered us, right? It doesn't matter if something's always been done. It's okay if anything bothers you, okay? And so sometimes we need this to get a little bit unstuck and not blame ourselves, right? Like if someone's, if we've always been told we were too emotional and that we need to lighten up and then we get into a marriage where sarcasm is used as an emotionally abusive, you know, tactic or technique, whether malicious or not, man, could you imagine like here learning that you know, this over time could be considered emotionally abusive and be like, that's why I hate it so much. I just thought there was something wrong with me. So the goal for me is to help you validate yourself when your spouse says things that have always bothered you. Okay. The other reason I wanted to talk about this today is just to help you apply this information to your unique experience so that you can start thinking and deciding about any boundaries that you want to set. All right. And the other thing reason I wanted to bring this up, and this is something that I do a lot with my clients. Sometimes it's hard to go here. You know, when you start working with me, 
sometimes it's hard to think about the future because we're just trying to get through each day, but we really want to start developing out our future self-concept, right? Because when we develop that out and we start thinking about who we are one year from now, five years from now, you know, would Lindsay five years from now put up with this? What's Lindsay five years from now thanking me for when people talk to me this way? Lindsay five years from now, who figured out how to live in her marriage in a way that makes a lot of sense to her, did she set a boundary in this type of situation? Okay. So again, the last thing I want to share is like, if this is you, I want you to know that first, the abuse or words said have never been your responsibility. So you might, you know, sometimes my clients will say, well, I kind of like, tipped him off or I said the wrong thing. And so he did this thing. No, abuse or words said by your spouse have never been your responsibility. Okay. The second thing is, is if this is you and you don't like it, you can start with personal boundaries and then disengage if needed. And that's something I help people get really clear on in my coaching program so that you can do it really lovingly and compassionately for yourself and for him. Okay. Number three, give yourself time to heal. Okay. Your healing will not be on anyone's timeline, but your own. And that is totally okay. And then the next thing is just remember, like, as you're doing this healing and this work and taking care of yourself, stay open to deciding what you want for yourself at each stage and recognize that like, you can change your mind at any point at any time without judgment. So If this is you, I would say, you know, you could go listen to our boundaries episode to see if that kind of helps you think like, what, what do I want to do here? What's next for me? Okay. Cause what you want is totally okay and appropriate. And you, and just recognize if you start trying to set boundaries, and again, you'll listen to our episode that has more details, but if you start trying to set boundaries and you're having a really hard time enforcing them or actually following through and executing usually that's just because you haven't really developed out your self concept or, you know, deepened your self trust enough to know that what you're doing is totally okay and appropriate. And that it's not a mean thing to set boundaries. It's like an act of love for yourself. And even if your husband doesn't recognize that it might be the most loving thing for him too. Okay. So that's what I wanted to share with you today. It's all very high level, but I just wanted to give you a taste of what it could be so that you can just start asking yourself questions. Does this apply to me? Is this something I need to be concerned about? And as you check in with yourself, really check in and like ask questions and see what you notice in your body. Does it feel open? Does it feel abundant? Right. That's usually leads that usually might mean that there's some truth in what you ask yourself. When you're feeling constricted and tight, it may be because something isn't true, or you're telling yourself some lie, like maybe, no, it's probably just my fault. If you say that to yourself and your body kind of closes off, it might mean that the opposite is true. All right. Take care. Have a wonderful day. And if you have questions, of course, email me, reach out. I would love to help you more with this because I I had to go high level today because I, you know, my clients start, they're kind of at a different spot when we go through this conversation, but I still think this information is so, so relevant to all of us in some part of our lives. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening. 
If you're ready to get unstuck, move forward, or just feel better about your life and marriage, please reach out to us. Whether it's for both of you or just yourself, you'd be surprised how much progress can be made in your marriage even if one of you works on the relationship. Don't wait for someone else to make things better for you. For more information or to find out what it would be like to have a coach, visit our websites, lindsaypullman.com and dannypullman.com. Make sure you spell Pullman, P-O-E-L-M-A-N. For freebies or other guides mentioned, check out the show notes. And to our current clients, we love you and thank you for letting us be a part of your hero's journey. 